The Lord visits Abraham and Sarah outside of their tents, we hear, this morning in Genesis. Three men appear. After Abraham extends hospitality to the strangers, Abraham and Sarah are blessed by God with the gift of a child, Isaac, at a very old age for this couple of a hundred years old. Sarah laughs at the notion of having a child at this stage in life after growing old. When the Lord questions her doubts, she denies the smirk, but he calls her out. Sarah says, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. The Lord responds, oh yes, you did laugh. One can imagine the enslaved people laughing, smiling, with a glee on June 19, 1865, when Logan Stroud read the letter declaring that the Civil War was over and they were free. From his porch in Limestone County, Texas, he read General Order 3 that was issued and delivered by U.S. Major General Gordon Granger that morning from Galveston from the Union Army's Texas headquarters. The Library of Congress has documented the voices of people enslaved. On recordings with white noise and crackling sounds, one can listen to their stories online. The letter that Stroud read that day and its impact is part of our storied collection of U.S. history including its original sin, some would say. The Library for Congress describes this historical moment. The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with proclamation from the Executive of the United States, two years before, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equity of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. Stroud's family had come to Texas when he was just a boy. They built an empire of more than a thousand, more than 11,000 acres of corn and cattle and cotton and wheat and pigs and sheep and grew wealthy on slave labor. Now he was 51, and all of that was over. Stroud began to weep. On this day, the celebration of Juneteenth was born, ending centuries of the horror of child slavery and its brutal bondage and torture and murder based solely on economics and racism. Two people and slaves saw no end in sight. This day was beyond imagination. Not unlike Sarah laughing at God. We must remember and know the stories of people who were there, their lives, their suffering, and their abuse to understand where we have been 
and what's possible when it seems impossible for life to be different. Laughing at the notion that something unimaginable can happen can be the exact time and place when God appears. I never imagined that I would be here in ministry with all of you after having lived, leaving a city and people I loved and taking time for renewal and prayer. If you have asked that I would serve as the interim dean of St. John's, I would have laughed. Not because it's the same as becoming pregnant at an old age or the end of slavery, but rather because it was beyond my own imagination. There are three similarities among this very disparate events in time. One, what transpired was nothing earned or achieved. Rather, it was given or a result of someone else by God's grace. Two, the people in these stories are ordinary, especially perhaps called to live into a vocation but persevered despite immeasurable challenges and hardships in life. And three, God worked through and is working through us. During the Civil War, it was the Union Army that fought and sacrificed for the emancipation of enslaved people to become a reality. In our Genesis story, it was God of creation that gave birth to Isaac, through the love and relationship of Abraham and Sarah. These are three completely unrelated examples of God at work in our lives, given to illustrate the breadth and reach of God, becoming known to us through our lives and each other. For Sarah and Abraham, they needed each other to give birth to a new nation. And for those enslaved, it took the lives and sacrifice of those willing to serve to liberate a world enslaved by sin and evil acts of humankind over years, generations, and millennia. I wonder what feels impossible in your world or if there is something that you haven't imagined yet waiting to be born. In these stories told, these acts of God occurred despite ourselves. I am quite certain that Sarah and Abraham had given up the idea of having a child decades before they gave life to Isaac. They were simply extending the hospitality that they were taught to give through their culture and their faith. When three men appeared and Abraham responded with acts of kindness. Not that being kind correlates with having a child, but in this story, it is what gave birth. Or in the instance of the people enslaved, even after freedom had been declared in the United States. I doubt that the people who went to work that day in the fields had any idea that the, what the day would hold 
when the Juneteenth pronouncement was read. Acknowledging that liberation is often not given without the sacrifice by people, by the enslaved who were killed, by the Union soldiers who fought, by the innocent souls caught in between. It is freedom and life that prevailed. I imagine also that since some of us cannot know that becoming a father is one of those hard to imagine impossible realities that happen, on one level, though on another is beyond comprehension when fathers hold their newborn child. The mystery of creation, giving birth is one of the miraculous moments in life, no matter what age. When everything goes right, it is often the unimaginable that occurs. And when it doesn't go right, God is with us too. I have yet to meet a dad who feels that he has this. Most men and women I know try their very best to varying degrees of success. Often there are moments in life when everything sacrificed is absolutely worth it all. There is a dad who will always be dear to my heart in addition to my own dad. This other dad has been open with his story, meaning that it's been featured in the New York Times. He is humble, faithful, courageous, and a loving soul who continues to inspire me and many others. As a young man, he was with a group of young people when they made a terrible mistake that resulted in the death of another person. Sentenced to 25 years to life, while incarcerated, he earned his GED, his undergraduate degree, and a master's in theological education. He actively participated in various groups and demonstrated leadership behind bars. He was released on probation after the minimum time served. Upon release, he can describe vividly what it was like to be off the grid for his entire life. Being released with no sense of freedom, his story is not unlike some of the stories told of the people who were enslaved that were set free. On one hand, they had opportunities for the first time ever, and on the other hand, everything was seemingly impossible. It is hard to know the full extent of how Jim Crow and systemic forms of oppression, injustice, and discrimination factored into the decisions he and his friends made as young men, or his experience behind bars or upon release. But I know that they were real. In the same way that those enslaved would carry their individual and their collective trauma, not only for a lifetime, but for generations to come. Despite it all, my friend, after he was released, would dedicate his life to providing a home and trauma-informed support and guidance to other men formerly incarcerated 
so to increase the likelihood of recovery and success. In his work, he was particularly concerned about non-binary men and women who had no place to go and would not be served by a single-sex institution. He would marry, has a daughter who graduated from college last, last week, has another daughter in the National Honor Society leading the way, and a young son who amazes us all. His son would stand with me at the altar on his own not long after learning how to walk. And later he would be asked to read his own poetry in kindergarten during a school-wide assembly. This father has walked with God for a very long time, having the courage to faithfully trust God that a way would become known, often one that he could not even imagine. I am certain, I am not certain, he even knew what was possible most of the time, but imagining the impossible has become his way of life in God. How is God calling us? Is there something on our imaginations waiting to be born? Or perhaps something unexpected will happen when we least expect it, even when there is no hope or seems impossible. May God take us to places we cannot even imagine, giving life and love in new ways that make us free. Amen.